in the first week of lockdown, I was taking the dog for a walk on the downs as part of my daily exercise. In the sunshine and the open space, I began to pray. And as my prayers got bolder, I was asking God, what are you doing in this lockdown? My mind meandered for a little while, as did the dog. And then I have one of those quickening memories, the sort of memory that comes to mind that's totally unconnected to anything that you've been thinking about. And it gives you a sense that actually God might be trying to get your attention. It was a memory of a moment when an old man said to a conference filled with people, the Lord is saying, come home, I wait for you. In an instant on the downs, I could remember the weight of those words, come home. They landed with such weight because those two words come home summarise the whole Bible and they speak deeply to us. Stories of homecoming litter our cinemas and our bookshelves because they speak so deeply to us. So many people carry a desire for homecoming, to bring others home and to come home themselves. The reason why the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 is so famous is that it so beautifully illustrates that homecoming is our desire and God's. But this homecoming is only possible because Jesus left his home and came and died in our place. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. Have you come home? Is that the state of your heart? If you were to go into ICU later this month, suffering of COVID-19, the statistics imply that you might have a 50% chance of survival. Would you, at that point, be confident of what might happen if you die? If not, and you want to fix that, then I'd suggest that you pause the video now and or in a moment and you clasp your hands in prayer and close your eyes and if you can sink to your knees and thank God that through the cross of Jesus Christ he has made a way back to himself for us. That's a place where every confident answer to that question has begun. As Christians, this side of eternity, God continues to say to us, come home. In his great work on the prodigal son, Henri Nouwen wrote this, coming home meant for me walking step by step toward the one who awaits me with open arms and wants to hold me in an eternal embrace. In a week where there's been debate about the government's changing messages, it's really important for Christians to remember God's unchanging message to us. Come home. But we believe that's not all he wants us to hear. Wayne, over to you. So in these days, what do we believe uh, that God will be saying to us, uh, to us, his people, the church? 
What is our sense of what he might be saying? We believe it's this. Repent. COVID-19 has challenged the very structures on which our culture and our lives are built. Uh, The lie that we can be in control, uh, we can master all things. Uh, The lie so prevalent in our world that, that we can have it all. The lie that suffering and death is for someone else, for somewhere else, and we can keep it at arm's length. We've kind of built these foundations and they're all being shaken. On the last Sunday that we gathered as a church physically together at B&A St Andrews Park, Charles Old spoke very powerfully on that in this season God is shaking those very foundations of our trust. Foundations that if we're honest, we too, Christians, people who love and follow Jesus, have built upon. That we are guilty of placing our identity and our security in. And what happens when these foundations are shaken? Well, once again, we are invited to turn back to God, to come to God. In history, God has always begun works um, in culture and in societies with his people. Um, It's in the Bible. It's in history. The invitation starts with the church. And over the past few weeks, um, as our church leadership has gathered and has prayed and has considered this, uh, a number of Bible passages have come to fore. And one of those is Ezekiel chapter 37. We think it's a a really powerful reminder of what God longs to do um, in and through his church in this season. It's a really famous story. It's the story of the Valley of Dry Bones. The prophet Ezekiel is taken to a valley. It is full of dry bones um, as far as the eye can see. What was once a mighty army is now dead. And in that story, the Lord asks him, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel's response is, well, only you, the sovereign Lord, know that. Only you know God. And what we see happening next we believe is a a prophecy not just for then not just for the people of Israel but for us the church today as well. Ezekiel is invited to speak life to those very dead bones to speak the life of God into those bones and to see them come together to see new life emerge to see the very life of God entering what was dead and bringing restoration and the words of the Lord then we believe are words for his church now. I will bring you back. I will bring you home. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. God is shaking the foundations of our trust in culture, but also in us, the church. He is stripping away all that we would build upon that lie outside of Jesus, all that we would build upon that will not last. And he's calling you and me, he's calling us, his church, to repent. So what is God saying to us in these days of COVID-19? He's asking us to consider where we have placed our trust outside of him. He's asking us to think about and examine where our lives are being shaken. And then he's inviting each of us, yes, his people, to come home and to repent. How do we do that? Where does repentance begin? And what is God asking us to do?
Thanks, Wayne. Over the past few weeks, we've involved the Church Council and your little church leaders in answering those questions. What Wayne and I want to say to you today is that we believe that in this season of social distancing, God is saying, let me homeschool you. As we've shared that with people over the past few weeks, we've had a succession of parents wince at that thought, which is understandable because their experience of homeschooling their children has been hard work. But there's a growing consensus that what we couldn't learn in a church building, God is teaching us in our homes, which was part of the plan from the beginning. When Jesus taught about prayer, a moment that's recorded in the sixth chapter of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus gave them instructions that pictured them not in a church building, but in their homes. So what is God wanting to teach us other than the importance of spending time with him? From those serving on the front line to those shielding behind front doors and everyone in between, God is using our different circumstances to shape our character, our different characters. And he is calling us to repent in the power of his Holy Spirit. But he's also inviting us to discover that he is our joy. In God's homeschool, he is the curriculum, he is the teacher, he is the resource, and he is the joy that keeps us wanting to learn. Dear friends, the outbreak of this pandemic means that nearly all of us are spending more time at home than we have done for a long time. In this season of social distancing, he is homeschooling us through our circumstances and inviting us to discover that he is our joy. That work that God is doing in us now will ultimately bear fruit. It will change the way in which we relate to him, to each other and to the broken world in which we live. God is saying, come home, repent. And in this season of social distancing, will you let me homeschool you? Back to you, Wayne. So what would we like you to do? We want to invite you to turn to God's word. There are three passages that lie behind the talk this morning. Um, They are Luke chapter 15, Ezekiel 37 and Matthew chapter 6. And what I'd love you to do is grab a Bible, get a pen and some paper um, and read those passages carefully and prayerfully. And as you do, ask yourself this one question. God, what are you saying to me? It's as simple as that. God, what are you saying to me? And as you read those passages with a pen in hand, does a verse jump out? Does an image strike you? Does a thought come to mind? Take note of that. We would then love everybody in little churches when you meet over the coming week to share what you think God has been saying to you from these passages. Uh, To spend some time praying about what you have been hearing and what you think God is saying. And maybe if you are able to, to begin to say, actually, this is what I think I need to do next. Can you hold me to account? Can you pray for me? So that's what we'd love everybody to do next. Get a Bible, read those passages, take note of what God is saying, and then in little churches begin to, to work that out prayerfully. In this next season at BNA, we're going to really focus on the rhythms and the practices that will enable us to live our lives with God. Um, they're not rocket science. Many of them have been around the church for thousands of years. But in this season, we're just going to focus on reminding ourselves of them, remembering them, learning them anew 
and putting them into practice. Over the coming weeks, the More Tea Vicar podcast will delve deeper into these rhythms and practices and into the language we're going to use. The key thing we want everybody to hear as we start this season is that the most important thing is our relationship with God. Um, It's not about what we do, but it's who we live for and who we live with. Next week, we will return to our series in Genesis and we're going to pick up the story of Joseph where we left it a few weeks ago. It has been great to have you with us at Closed on Sunday this week. If you'd love to find out more about our church, um, you can email us at info at babristol.org. Check out our website, babristol.org, or find us on social media platforms, BA Church Bristol.